Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Conquering Stress Podcast. I'm Dr. Bill Janishak, and if this is your first time, welcome. If this is your, if you're a, a subscriber or uh, somebody that's been listening to this, I want to thank you for listening, and I hope I've been bringing you value. Uh, we just, we just came back from the, the interview with Dr. Robert McDonald in the last episode, where he really got into some mindset. And I, I thought that was really valuable. And, and I would recommend going back and listening to that again. That was just episode six. And he gives some really good insights on, on how the brain works and how to, how to break the thought process of stress. So stress is physical. It's chemical and it's emotional. And we've got to work on all of those in order to conquer stress. So rather than just going from the fire to the frying pan or the frying pan to the fire from stress, relief, you know, rest, stress, uh, to really conquer stress, we've got to have all aspects of that. And that's why in the, the first couple episodes, you know, I talked a little heavy about mindset because it's in your mindset that you're going to make the decisions to do the right things. And I'm a doctor. And I work on functional neurology, functional medicine, nutrition, how the body works, movement patterns, injuries, all those things physiologically that will uh, affect stress. And I want to dive into that a little bit more today because, like I said, we've been heavy on the mindset stuff, but I want to get back into the physiological stuff. And the number one thing that I want to work or talk about today is blood sugar or uh, blood sugar dysregulation. When we are in a stress response, clinically we call that the HPT axis, which is the hypothalamus pituitary thyroid adrenal axis. And that's basically the pathway that when we start to run away from that saber-toothed tiger and the heart starts going and everything, that's the pathway that we take. And if you recall that when we're under a stress response, we are, our bodies basically think that we're running away from a saber-toothed tiger. And we're taking all our energies, all our focus, everything that we've got in our body to get rid of or get away from that, that saber-toothed tiger and feel safe and whole and everything else that we have. So the first energy that we use in doing that is sugar. It's easily burned, it's quick, it's efficient, and nowadays we have more of it than ever. But we got to remember... We have a two million year old body and we were living in a different environment. Stress response in itself is meant to last 10, maybe 30 seconds on the, on the outside. Just enough time to either run away or kill something. Basically that, it, it doesn't that. But nowadays we, we are constantly under stress. Dr. Joe Dispenza, uh, another chiropractor, neurobiologist, and thought leader in how the, the mind works, says that we spend about 70% of our time in a stress response, which is just blows me away. So what does this mean to you physically on how, how you're working or not working? Well, the first thing that we use is sugar. And one of the biggest epidemics in the country, if not the world, is blood sugar dysregulation. And I'm not just talking about diabetes. Diabetes is a diagnosable uh, 
problem that, that creates a whole lot of physiological responses. Uh, but your blood sugar and how well that it's regulated is, is directly correlated to how well you're handling stress, how well you're conquering stress, and how healthy you are and how fit you are. And not just the absence of uh, any symptoms that you, you may have. So a little thing about diabetes. So in this country, depending on what study we're, we're, we're looking at, anywhere from 42 to 55% of the population right now has diabetes. Some type of diabetes, which is crazy. That means that they are so bad off that you actually got a, a clinical diagnosis for that and you're having symptoms and it has to be managed. Well, what a lot of people don't know is there's actually four types of diabetes. Type 1, you're born with it, your pancreatic cells do not create insulin and you need to manage that. And you should manage that well. That is a medical condition that you you need to manage and People with type 1 diabetes, managed well, are living awesome lives. We have professional athletes. We have uh, actresses, CEOs, all types of life. Managed correctly, you will live a long and happy life, and um, life is good. Now, type 2 diabetes, what used to be called adult-onset diabetes, but they changed that to type 2 because so many kids nowadays are getting it, and it's it's the, the crap we eat, the stress that we're under, the lack of physical exercise, all the foundations of health that, that we talk about that we're not doing in this society because we want to just sit there and tweet away on our, on our cell phones and not move much. But type 2 diabetes, when the body starts fighting itself, when there's too much sugar in the body floating around, you, you develop what's called metabolic syndrome or insulin resistance, and that breaks down into... Uh, diabetes. Well, most people will know about the type 1 and type 2. What you don't realize and why it's really important in conquering stress, conquering health, functional medicine, getting getting over is that I run into a lot of people who say, well, yeah, I have type 2 diabetes. I say, well, we got to manage that. But he says, no, I'm managing. I'm on my metformin. I got my insulin thing. And they think that's managing it. And that's not managing it. That is keeping you out of the hospital. So type one and a half, 1.5 diabetes, is when you've had your type 2 diabetes so long and so severe and so bad that you create an autoimmune where your body starts attacking itself and starts attacking those, those pancreatic cells that create insulin so that they don't work anymore. And type two diabetes will run through type one and a half and become type one diabetes. So it's, it's a process that keeps going and going uh, on that. So it's really important that you take control of your blood sugar because it's, it's not going to spontaneously heal by itself. And if you've gotten your, yourself into a place where you've been having problems, you're even diagnosed, you need to do everything that you can if you enjoy life, if you enjoy health, if you're not so far down the mental rabbit hole that you've just given up and you let some, you know, drug, 
you know, kind of dictate your life. It's one of the saddest things that I've, I've ever seen. People just give up and say, well, I just have this. I just take my medication. And they sit on the couch and basically wait to die. It's no way to live. But yet there is another diabetes. So after you get the type one and a half, and you'll, you'll break down into type one. And again, you're, you will not spontaneously heal if you have the same physiological response. It just keeps going. It just doesn't stop and say, all right, I'm, I'm type one now, and it, we're going to keep doing the same thing we've been doing. What it does then turns into type uh, 3 diabetes. Type 3 diabetes is uh, pre-Alzheimer's, cognitive decline, because your gut, your metabolic system is, is tied to everything else. Remember, remember, people, we don't live in a vacuum. Everything is connected. And the, the brain runs on, it has a metabolic system itself. I used to say it runs on glucose, but it actually runs on ketones. But that's deeper rabbit hole for another pod, podcast. But a lot of glucose is used up into the brain. We can't control that. We have inflammatory responses. We start to develop Alzheimer's. And for all those people that don't realize it, Alzheimer's is the most expensive diagnosis that you can. Now, while uh, cancer and heart disease are the number one, number two uh, causes of death in the United States, it's Alzheimer's that is the most expensive. Because whereas people with heart disease and cancer pass relatively quickly. Alzheimer's can go on forever. Well, not forever, but it, it can go on for decades. And it's very expensive. It's, it, it takes a toll not only on the, the patient, but the whole family. So this is something that we have to look at. So that's from a diagnosable level. And the problem with that, like I said, between 42 and 55% of the population will have diagnosable um, diabetes. The CDC in 2017, I believe, came out with a study and they said they, they suspect that another 70, 70% people are walking around uh, in the United States at least with these problems that are undiagnosed. So I want to delve into this a little because this is an important uh, topic. So one of the things is how do you know if you have a, a blood sugar dysregulation? Well, there's a couple um, easy things that you can do. First of all, you can look up and you can just check your um, your blood sugar and just see, check it out throughout the day. I know uh, Rob Wolf from the uh, Paleo Solution wrote a great book called Wired to Eat. And he goes into... Uh, he, He's really smart, and he goes, but he goes down the rabbit hole a little bit, and he does some uh, constant glucose monitor, monitoring that you can do where you kind of hook up yourself. I know a lot of athletes are doing that, but you can simply go and get a cheap glucometer. Just take a little print pick, just like the diabetics um, do, and see how you are throughout the day. You can go and get a simple blood test, and you can get a blood sugar test for probably 10 bucks if you go and pay cash and to a local lab you have a doctor write you a script or, or something if you have insurance and you there anyways have it checked out so at least you have a baseline there also you're going to want to check out your a1c now your a1c is how glucose you're utilizing glucose over time 
sometimes people will go in for blood tests and they forget to fast. They they've eaten something beforehand. Something goes south and they'll they'll have a you know they they get stressed. You know somebody you know pisses them off before they go and get the blood test and it's going to raise their blood sugar for that moment. It's like a snapshot in time. Um, and you can get some false negatives and false positives on on a on a just a glucose matter. But if you look at your A1C, your A1C is how your blood sugar is regulated over about a 30-day period. And that will tell a really good story. And so get get both of those and just kind of see where you're at. So but if you're just sitting here and you're thinking, let me give you some uh, a couple questions. So a lot of the symptoms that, that we start dealing with, and these are some questions that I use in my office on what I call a metabolic assessment form, just to check out. So, so answer, just kind of, if you're driving or you're working out or whatever, just kind of figure, figure this out. I'm just going to ask you a couple questions. Uh, do you crave sweets during the day? Are you irritable if meals are missed? Do you depend on coffee to keep you going or get you going? Do you get lightheaded if meals are missed? Does eating relieve fatigue? Do you get shaky, jittery, or even have tremors? Are you agitated, easily upset, or nervous? Do you have a poor memory or you're forgetful? Uh, any blurred vision that tends to come and go. Uh, big one, fatigue after meals. And... Eating sweets does not relieve your craving for sugar. You must have sweets after a meal. Is your weight, waist girth larger than your hip girth? Frequent urination, increased thirst and appetite, and do you have difficulty losing weight? Now these are some basic, uh, basic questions that we go in, and if you're answering, if you get that frequently, uh, moderately, never, wherever it is on there. But if you're answering uh, frequent to any of those questions, you may have some blood sugar dysregulation. Uh, sometimes it's people, and people think about that, well, I don't have di low, di or low blood sugar, I don't have high blood sugar, or sometimes it goes like it. When you have a dysregulation of blood sugar, you will tend to be uh, hypoglycemic, which means that you do not have enough blood sugar at times in your body, and then you will have hyperglycemia, um, which means you have too much blood sugar in your body. And it's very frequent, or it's very common for people to have signs and symptoms of both, because that's the dysregulation of the system. It's like it's like a car that that you have going on, you know. If it's not running right, sometimes it's bogs, and then you put it on. There's a little delay, then there's a surge, and then it's back, and you can't start it at times. And so there's a problem with the engine. Same thing that's going on with your blood sugar regulation. It's that HPTA axis that's regulating blood sugar, the hypothalamus, pituitary, thyroid, and adrenal action uh, axis that that drive everything to keep your blood sugar in a relatively level space. If you remember the zone diet uh, by Dr. Barry Sears, the, the zone is about keeping your insulin in a zone. And that's what that diet was, was, um, was all based around. And it was very good um, diet. It's still a very good diet. It, so if you, you haven't seen that, check that book out. And he explains about the insulin zone that you want to be in.
So what do you do if you find out something like that? You know, do you run to the doctor? Do you do whatever? Well, it depends. It depends how severe that you that you are, how bad you feel. If if you you answered, yeah, sometimes I get that. Sometimes I, I do this or, you know, you know, it seems like when I'm really stressed. And remember, when you're stressed, you're going to crave fats and sugars. And both of those, what I just said earlier, was that that's what your brain is running on. And so that's why you're craving sweets uh, after a meal is that, you know, you don't get full by a volume of food. You get full by your body getting signaled that it has enough nutrients. If you can't get, if you're not breaking down the foods to get the nutrients into the cells for the cells to say, oh, okay, yeah, right, I finally got enough. This is good. Stop the eating. Um, your body's going to say, no, we don't have enough nutrients. Because remember, in a, in a two million year, year old body, we used to eat good foods. If we'd sit over there and we would eat berries or wildebeest or whatever we were eating, they were full of nutrients. We didn't have to eat that much. And this is one of the reasons why we're so obese as a country is that we're, we are undernourished and overfed. And we keep on you know, stuffing food into our pie hole because... Um, our bodies are not being fed properly. And this is why we're always hungry. And this is why we're, we're, probably, we're taking the food in, but we can't utilize it because of that system. So one of the, th the first thing that you want to do is you want to go back to the foundations of health. Are you breathing? Are you eating real food? Are you getting out in the sun? Are you sleeping? Are you moving? Are you know, are you doing all these basic things that you need to do? Are you, are you trying to mitigate your, your stress? So first thing that you want to do is you want to get out in the, out in the sunshine, get out into the nature, move as if you were a two million year old body. You know, if, if we were, well, maybe not a whole a two million year old body, but if we were living two, 200 million years ago, uh, yeah, you, you would be pretty decrepit if you were two million years old. Well, what do you do after that is... Engage in the Conquering Stress podcast because uh, ask a question. Say, I'm still doing this. I'm do doing this. Or getting around some other th things where you're, you're, you're learning a little bit more. You're taking better care of yourself. Uh, if you have some, you know, really severe symptoms, go find some, go find a, a functional medicine doctor, uh, acupuncturist, chiropractor, medical doctor, somebody that has a functional bent to it, not just somebody that's just going to give you, you know, drugs. If you're really severe, again, you are a medical case and, and you need to be managed that way. But if you're, you're starting out, you're just having some dysregulation, you can do these things anyway. You can actually do these things while you're under care and you, you, there's a better chance of you turning this whole thing around. Um, the other thing is once you do all that stuff, you start changing the lifestyle and you're listening to Conquering Stress podcast, you're engaged in everything and you're, you're visiting a, a, a doc. There's other things that you can do to help support that. Like I said, it's always about the foundations and I, I run into people and patients all the time that come and say, what can I take to do this? You're still having a a medical mindset on if I take this, it's going to do this to my body and you're going to force the physiology. What you want to do, and this is how nutrition works, folks. We use nutrition so the body naturally can have the resources to move more efficient, 
efficiently in our body. We don't want to force the body. Whenever you say this makes the body do blah, it does this. We can stimulate, we can, we can downregulate, we can, we can kind of work with the normal physiology, but you never want to force the physiology. Remember, the, the body's smart. It's doing its job. It's smarter than we are. If we learn what it's doing and support what, it's, what it needs. If I had somebody working on my roof and he was climbing up on my roof with a rope and I had a ladder, that's going to make his job easier and more effective. If I saw him going up and down and carrying heavy things and I got, a, got him a scissor lift, that's going to make him heck a lot more functional on getting up on my roof. If I got him a scissor lift and I had a helicopter come in and put all the tools and resources that he needs already on the roof, that makes his job much easier. If I got four of these workers and I did that all at the same time, you see what I'm doing? It's just making the job more efficient. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to push him on my roof. I'm not trying to do anything. I'm not you know, cutting down my wall so my roof is, is lower so that he can, it's not just about getting that specific job done. It's about making things more efficient. So with that being said, I always, sorry, it's a pet peeve of mine to, to go on because I see even people that are trying to do everything natural and healthy, they're still starting from a, uh, a false philosophy. They're still, they're still taking that outside end philosophy where what do I take outside to make my body do this so that I can get this income or outcome so it's just something that I will I will constantly go up because it is a pet peeve of mine that um, we've got to get the mindset right in what you're doing and work with the body so with that little rant under instead, here's a couple things that you can do that will support that. This is the ladder. This is the scissor lift. But then this, these are the uh, helicopter resources that I'm putting on my roof. The first thing that, that you can do to help your blood sugar is eat more fiber. Uh, fiber will cut the glycemic load or how fast that sugar will get in. and It will slow that in. It makes short-change fatty acids which are basically it, they break down and the gut, the good bacteria in your stomach can utilize these to help regulate blood sugar. If you do something very good and you're eating a lot and you're taking care of the bacteria in your stomach, that will lessen the glycemic load or the amount of sugar in meals afterwards as well. So you can have a good breakfast with a lot of fiber, and, you know, fiber is, you, you can do soluble, insoluble, fermentable fibers are great, like inulin, uh, flaxseed, psyllium, uh, beta-glucans are really good, and they're, they're breaking down. But if you have those for breakfast, your lunch and your dinner are going to get the benefits of that because it's going to lessen the, um, the, the sugar load that gets into your body. Another thing that you can do is, Simple thing, cinnamon. So uh, I do this with my coffee all the time. So here's my coffee recipe for you guys. So heavy whipping cream, uh, organic, grass-fed heavy whipping cream, butter, 
Yes, I put butter in my coffee. Love it. Makes it creamy. It's 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 great. Again, grass vet. I use Kerrygold exclusively when I'm doing that. I put cinnamon. Oh, half a teaspoon, three quarters teaspoon of cinnamon in my coffee, and um, that's about it. And it's really it's really good. But cinnamon helps regulate the blood sugar. Um, the various dosage. Use it to taste the best you can, but cinnamon's been proven over thousands of years to really help with the blood sugar. You can look at uh, lipoic acid is really good. Anywhere from 300 to 1,200 milligrams per day seems to, to work really well. Makes the blood sugar in the, uh, a little bit more effective. It helps the in, insulin sensitivity of your body. Same thing with chromium. Chromium picolinate is my favorite to use. Uh, 800 to 1,000 milligrams or micrograms per day seems to be working really well. Uh, Vandium or in a, a Vandium sulfate, you can look up. The, if you write these down, I'll put these in the show notes. And so if you're wherever you buy your supplements from, you can get that. But uh, 50 milligrams of that per day seems to, to work pretty good. Berberine, 1,000 micrograms or milligrams per day. Seems to work really good. One of the, the one of my favorites is the uh, Gemina Sylvestra. It's an uh, extract, and its name actually means sugar destroyer. And it's an old, well, I guess all herbs are, are old, but it, but they've been using that for a long time, and it works really well. And that that is just a uh, botan- botanical or an herb. Uh, bitter melon that works really good you know the the bitters uh, bitter herbs tend to activate the liver and a little bit of the uh, the kidneys and spleen as well but the the liver primarily and that's where your insulin is created so that that's an awesome thing uh, holy basil uh, fenugreek is really good uh, one of my absolute favorites I use it all over is curcumin. Cur- curcumin, I can't even pronounce that. But turmeric, and again, it's Ayurvedic Ar- medicine. They've been using it for for years. They've been getting the the results for years. I don't know when. I guess the last ten years or so, it's it's been really popular, or studied more, or I don't know. Somebody found it and decided to market really well. But it's it's fabulous. Uh, you can use that in a golden milk. You can use it in your cooking. Uh, one one thing that you want to understand too is there's going to be different qualities or different uh, makeups of, of how this is delivered as a supplement. If you're just getting it as an herb and cooking with it, get, just get it dry and, and you're fine. Um, but the turmeric needs to be taken in with fats or oil. It's absorbed in fat. And it, it, it's, it doesn't work if you're just taking it with water. So you, if you get a bunch of capsules of uh, turmeric and you suck them down with water when you're doing your, the rest of your supplements, it's not going to absorb well. There is uh, concoctions of this. Make it, the one that I use in my, my office is by Apex, and it's already in an oil medium. And it's taking in with berberine 
and it's about 16 times more absorbable. So you would have to take 16 times of this, this dry stuff um, if it absorbs at all versus uh, the one that's already in oil. And although it's more expensive to get, you're actually getting more bang your, your buck and you will feel those results right away. So that's an awesome thing for you to do. The other thing is is the omega-3 fatty acids, the fish oil. Um, these are long-chain omega um, fats and they will break down into uh, medium and shorter chain as, as your body gets around there. But you wanna make sure that they're high in uh, DHA and EPA. You'll see those on the back of the, the uh, back of the bottle and you'll kind of see where those are at but those are really good for fat metabolism and um, the other thing that you can do out is just get out in there and move there's probably nothing more effective as a free supplement that you can do than get out there and sweat a little and and move your body in all directions you don't have to join a gym you don't have to go out and run a triathlon you just need to go out one of the best gyms that you'll ever find is a kid's playground. You have to swing and climb and jump and, and walk through stuff. Uh, one of the best things, but physical exercise in itself will make you a little bit more insulin sensitive. And that's one of the best things you do. So this is an important topic, right? Right. So if you have any health problems, and you have chronic pain, you have cognitive dysfunction, you have digestive issues, you have IBD, SIBO, leaky gut, anything that you, you have going on, if you're trying to fight off, when we're working with this in a functional medicine level where we're trying to get your body to work better and we're trying to give it all the resources you can't, you can't fix anything permanently or effectively until the blood sugar is under control and you get rid of any anemia that you have. Those are baselines that you have to have. Otherwise, if, if you've ever been through something, said, oh, I've had this chronic issue and I've tried every doctor, every time, everything. I've been to acupuncture, chiropractor, medical doctor, naturopath, blah, 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 whatever you had, and nothing seems to work. Go back and check your blood sugar and check your anemia, see if you're anemic. If you can't get those under control and do whatever you can to do that, you're not gonna get better. Because if as long as the blood sugar is shooting off, it's creating an inflammatory response, stress response. And again, we, or we keep talking about this, stress is systemic. It, it, nothing happens in a vacuum, so we have to take it out. And blood sugar is the first place, if you have a dysfunction that you have to clean up or you will not get better. And with that, you're gonna go back to your why. Why Why am I on, on this journey? Why am I listening to this podcast? Why am I interested in conquering stress? It means that you've probably had stress for a while and it's affecting something in your life, your relationships, your energy level, your thought process, your hobbies, whatever it is. This is how important blood sugar is. So, and, and remember, we gotta keep doing this because you're. If you have this dysfunction, you're not going to spontaneously heal overnight. You can't wait it out. This is not a sprained ankle. This is a metabolical problem. that will, It's like a cancer. It's going to feed on everything. Just like we were talking about with the, the diabetes. 
type two to type one and a half to type three, and it just keeps on going and going and going. It, it is the worst energizer bunny that I've ever seen. It just keeps going and going, and it goes in the wrong direction that we want. So that's blood sugar. So what I want you to do now, if if this is resonating with you, you got to say, okay, yeah, I answered yes to two or three or all of those questions. What do you do? Go out, check your blood sugar. Get get your glucose monitor. Go to the go get a blood test. Check out your glucose, your A1C. See where you're at today. We can't start a journey unless we know where we're at. Start that up. You want to get that baseline going on, and um, double check the foods that you're you are eating habitually. You know, there's the eighty twenty rule. You use probably twenty percent of your foods eighty percent of the time. Same breakfast, similar lunch, same you know rows of dinner that you have. Check to see the ingredients because there's a lot of sugar hidden in everything. Everything from you know ketchup to salad dressing and look at everything and look at it very closely reach out to me if you have any questions go out and do what you can get your journal in and and start just jotting down how you're feeling throughout the day two words one sentence anything i feel great i'm tired after this meal uh i can't think as clearly at three o'clock as i could at 10 o'clock Look to see if you have any of these things going on and just address them. If you kill the monster one that's small, it never grows up and you can live a happy and healthy life. So do all those things. If uh, this resonated with you, you know somebody that's having some blood sugar issues or doesn't quite know where to go and what to do, share this podcast with them. It's free. You can't, <laughs> you can't get better than that. Uh, I'm Dr. Bill Janishak. Until we see you next time, you have a great day and keep on conquering stress.